Brad Keithley, Managing Director of Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets. Welcome to the weekly top three, the top three things on our mind here at Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets for the week of March 11th, 2019. The weekly top three is a regular segment on The Michael Duke Show. The show broadcasts on Facebook Live and via streaming audio from the show's website weekdays from 6 to 8 a.m. I join Michael on the show each Tuesday morning from 6.20 to 7 a.m. for a discussion between the two of us about our three issues. We post the podcast of our discussion following the show on the Alaska for Sustainable Budgets Facebook page, YouTube, and SoundCloud pages, and on my website at bgkeithley.com. You can find past episodes of the weekly top three also at the same locations. Keep in mind that in addition to these podcasts, during the week, you also can follow and participate in the discussion with us of these and other issues affecting Alaska's fiscal and economic condition by following us on the Alaska for Sustainable Budgets Facebook page and through our posts on Twitter. This week, our top three issues are these. First, the hypocrisy of wind groaning and many others in Alaska's top 20%. Second, why last week's Senate finance ICER hearing was misleading. And third, Tax Policy 101, it's all about the base. And now, let's join Michael. Good morning, Brad. Morning, Michael. How are you today? I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. I know this wasn't in your weekly top three, but I know that you just uh, said you just read that Win Gruning article. Uh, any thoughts on that before we, uh, before we move on to uh, your weekly top three? Well, it, it amazes me how the top 20% think about think about this issue. I mean, the, the last sentence of the wind gruning op-ed on Must Read Alaska essentially says that the, one of the great benefits about, the P, about using the PFD cut is that all Alaskans share in the pain uh, of, of, of funding government through PFD cuts. Um, and that's just, that's just amazing to me, the pain I did, I did some numbers last night that will come up on, on uh, our Facebook page today, but the pain of the, um, of the top 20% in terms of the cut in their income resulting from uh, the PFD cuts of the, of the, of the size that, that the Senate's now discussing is less than 3%, less than 3%. Uh, they will lose less than 3% of their income as a result of, uh, as a result of PFD cuts. The middle income bracket, the middle 20%, will lose 12% of their income. And this is a family of 2.81, which is what the Census Bureau tells us is the average Alaska household size. The middle 20% will lose 12% of their income. And the lowest 20% will lose 36% of their income. In any way, shape, or form to say that the pain being suffered by the top 20% is the equivalent of the pain being suffered by the middle 20% and the pain of the of the of the of the loss income being suffered by the bottom 20% to say those are somehow equivalent that we're all equally going to share in the pain is just outrageous right it, and, and it is it it what it is is the same thing you see when you listen to senate finance and particularly when you listen to senator von imhoff it's Oh, you know, we're all in this together. We all need to share in this together. Well, hell, if I had a, if 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 listeners had a an income of over a million dollars, which is what Senator von Imhoff has, I'd be willing to cut the PFD too. Hell, you know, I'd, it's sort of like the cost of a Starbucks a day, right? That that they're playing with. But when you but when you pass that through and look at the impact on middle income Alaska families 
and lower income Alaska families, and heck, even upper middle income Alaska families who are going to pay something like 7.5% uh, of their income uh, in, in the form of a PFD tax, lose 7.5% of their income in the form of a PFD tax. It is, we're talking about significant numbers. And it always it always aggravates me when the top twenty then someone in the top twenty percent like Gruning or Von Imhoff uh, or Machecki uh, talk about oh you know PFD cuts aren't that bad we're all sort of sharing this equally we aren't sharing this equally <laughs> we aren't folks we aren't sharing this equally you guys are getting off the cost of a Starbucks upper middle middle lower middle and lower income families are actually getting hit with significant reductions in their income as a result of this. Yeah, last 3 years alone, the hit to my family and I'm 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 odd because again, I've got four kids at home and things like that, but we're talking about the hit was somewhere right at close to 10%. It was close to a 10% tax on the family overall when it was all said and done. That's a significant chunk uh, for me. I mean, I don't know about for anybody else, but that's a significant chunk of my income uh, after everything else. So yeah, I I, you know, with all due respect to Win, I, I think that he uh, doesn't understand what the average Alaskan is going through, uh, which I think is the same problem that Von Imhoff has. You know, and it's the same thing that we got. We'll, we'll get into the top three here in a second. But it's the same thing that we got out of Machecki last week uh, at the Senate finance hearing. Machecki was going on about how 90 percent of the PFD income goes immediately out of state. Well, if you're in the top. 20% and you use your PFD to finance a trip to Hawaii every year, yeah, maybe 90% of your PFD does go immediately out of state. But if you're in the middle income uh, Alaska, uh, uh, middle income bracket, or you're in the even in the upper middle or lower middle or lowest uh, income brackets, you're using that PFD to save for your kids' college or to pay off your credit cards or to pay a fuel bill or to pay for you know the cost of food. Uh, out in the bush, you're not. That's ninety percent's not leaving the state. Ninety percent is going to finance your life in Alaska. For the top twenty percent, it's going to finance your lifestyle of going someplace else, uh, uh, maybe. Uh, and yes, you can you can say that that ninety percent is going out of the state. But then to extrapolate that and fit that and say that's all Alaskans. Uh, middle income, lower middle, lower income, low income Alaskans. That's just that's just outrageous. And 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 we're just getting this over and over and over and over again out of on the Machecki and others on Senate finance. They are they are thinking about their own lives and how it impacts them. They're not thinking about their constituents and how it's impacting them. And of course, what they're completely ignoring in this whole thing is, of course, what we have is a government that's too large. That's the problem. I mean, that is the base of this entire problem is that we have a government that's too large and they are unwilling to face the music of 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 the monster that they've created. We could cut and live within our means and no taxes would be required. But there is no one who is willing to pull the trigger on that, it looks like. Yeah, it's uh, well, the governor has, but, but well, yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, I meant in the legislature, I guess but, I but in the in the legislature, I mean, they're all we, we've talked about this on the show over and over and over again. They're all responding their, to their own little constituencies, right? There's a constituency that worries about the university. There's a constituency that worries about or a, a, a segment of the legislature that worries about the university. There's a segment 
of the legislature that worries about K through 12. There's a segment of the legislature that worries about Medicaid. And really, we ought to be calling it what it is, which is the healthcare industry right. in Alaska. There's not really a, a big concern about about Medicaid recipients. It's more about the hospitals and the nursing homes and the, and the medical industry that we build up on the backs uh, of Medicaid. And there's right. a, there's a segment of the legislature that worries about that. And once you get once you account for all of those segments. Um, and and the trade-offs that people will do in the legislature, nobody wants to cut because if 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 I say I want to cut the university, then those who are in the university say, well, I'm not going to support your K through 12, or I'm not going to support your your healthcare industry uh, segment. And by the time you get finished with all those trade-offs, yeah, nobody nobody wants to cut. If we can't cut, my my my. My my uh, litmus test for this legislature is going to be the university. If we can't cut the university, if we can't cut a a a a use of funds that is double the national average, the national average state funding to universities is around seventy five hundred dollars. Alaska's is over nineteen thousand dollars per full time equivalent student. If we can't cut an institution that that's that is that overfunded, if we can't do that. We will never get anything cut, and and we are speeding down the road to taxes in this state. <laughs> and frankly, if you listen to the to the legislature, to those in the legislature um, uh, who talk about the university, they say it can't be cut. That we yep. that you know that, that we that we can't make those cuts. And if we can't do that, then we're 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 doomed. Right, right. Well, and this is what we've been talking about. Um, and uh, I guess that was. That was zero of the weekly top three. Let's move, <laughs> let's move, didn't mean to get you started. Let's uh, let's move on to number one, which was the Senate Finance and the ICER meet uh, the ICER presentation, which I touched on yesterday, uh, but is still to me just astonishingly um, uh, convenient. The things that were left out of the ICER uh, discussion. Yeah. So the ICER presentation was was geared for one issue. It was geared for the issue of what's worse for Alaska, cutting spending or cutting the PFD. And, and it was entirely focused on that. And when you look at the ICER study on the employment side, on the jobs side, cutting spending is worse than uh, uh, cutting uh, the PFD. Now, on the income side, it's different. Cutting the PFD is worse for overall Alaska income than cutting spending. But on the job side, which is where you've got people like Click Bishop and others focus. Uh, cutting the PFD is worse. But what they didn't do, and and it was intentional if they didn't do this because it's in the ICER study. It's in the it's in the same ICER study that they were talking about. They didn't compare uh, cutting the PFD to other revenue options, such as sales taxes or a flat tax or income taxes or progressive income tax or property taxes. In that same ICER study. It shows that cutting the PFD is the worst in terms of employment numbers of all of the new revenue options. So if you assume that you need new revenue, which is basically what they were assuming in the, in the, in the hearing last week, if you assume they need, you need new revenue, cutting the PFD is the worst option for, for, for developing new revenue in terms of impact not only on income, but in terms of impact, also employment. I ran some numbers yesterday, and we've got them up on the Facebook page, that looks at the employment loss by revenue uh, approach 
uh, of of developing new revenue of 1.3 billion, which is the not, not, not Natasha von Inhoff's uh, number. She wants to raise 1.3 billion of, of new revenue to avoid cuts, and the employment losses by revenue approach uh, are are huge. Cutting the PFD uh, in order to fund 1.3 million dollars results in a job loss. These are the ICER numbers, the sa the no very numbers that they had in that hearing. Cutting the PFD results in a job loss of 9,400 of 9,400 Alaskans. But, Progressive income. But those aren't. But hey, those aren't government jobs. So just keep that in mind. Well, okay, <laughs> but they're Alaska jobs. Cutting, cutting the, uh, doing a progressive income tax, filling that $1.3 billion through a, a progressive income tax only loses 8,600 jobs. A flat rate tax, and this is ICER's flat rate tax, which is different from mine. It's, it's, much, more, it's much more progressive than, than mine is, charges uh, some income classes more than others. But, but using a flat rate income tax, 8,500 jobs. 3% sales tax, 8,200 jobs. 4% sales tax. 8,100 jobs, a property tax, which we probably couldn't implement in this state because we don't have good records throughout the state, but a property tax, 8,000 jobs against a PFD cut of 9,400 jobs. Now, who heard that discussion um, in Senate finance or indeed in House finance uh, last week? Who, who heard the discussion about the jobs impact of, of cutting PFDs as opposed to these other revenue measures? If you need a billion three in revenue, which is which was the basic assumption of that hearing, who heard about the jobs impact of PD cuts versus income taxes or taxes? The answer is no one, because they didn't want to bring it up in that hearing. And, and it was a very, it was just a very selective hearing um, uh, focused entirely on PFD cuts versus uh, state spending to develop the argument that state spending is better. But it didn't, it results in more jobs. But it didn't focus on the next issue that you have to confront, which is okay, if we're going to raise $1.3 in revenue, what's the best way to do it in terms of impact on Alaskans? And the answer is sales taxes are, are, are uh, an income tax is better than a PFD cut. Sales taxes are better than, uh, better than an, an income tax. And ultimately, when you do the numbers on a flat tax that, that we've talked about, the, the flat tax based on adjusted gross income, flat tax based on adjusted gross income is better than any of them, has a lower impact on Alaska jobs and a lower, picked, a lower impact on Alaska income than any uh, of the options that, they, that, that, that are in the table. And, but you just, you just didn't hear that in the hearing. They just wanted to focus right. on, a, on a justification of PFD cuts. Right. Well, and the hypocrisy of this is amazing because one of the common threads that we've seen in Senate finance and now in House finance is this lambasting of the administration for not having the, uh, not having the information on what the impacts would be of their actions. And so here's the Senate saying, Oh well, we're what's the impact if we do cut the budget and cut these government jobs? Oh, it's that much! My gosh, the sky is falling. With no question of well, what would be the impact if we went the other way and instead cut the PFD? No discussion. It is hypocrisy, and that is what bothers me the most. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it is. It is the the Senate. You got, you got led by Senator von Imhoff and with Senator Machecki not too far behind. You got the Senate already predetermined that those members already predetermined 
that they're going to cut the PFD, that, that they don't want to hit the top 20%, again, another constituency, their donor class. They don't want to hit the top 20%. They want to push responsibility down to middle and lower income Alaska families. And so we've got a predetermined income or predetermined outcome, which is cutting the PFD. And we're going to gear our hearings around that predetermined outcome. We don't want to hear about other revenue options. We don't want to discuss better ways to get Alaska to, to, to develop a sustainable both budget and economy for Alaska. We don't want to hear about those. Right. We already decided that we're going to protect the top 20%. We're going to hit middle income and lower income Alaska families. And that's the kind of hearing we're going to put together. I love it when people hear what I didn't say or what even what you didn't say. Gary in the chat room says, uh, and I'm assuming he's directing it at me, I never took you as a wealth distribution type. What you're talking about is the same as the Democrats asking to tax the top at 90% and those below 30% no tax. Hmm. No, that's the hypocrisy we're pointing out here, Gary. Apparently, you missed that whole part of the conversation. That's exactly what we're talking about. Because Brad and I have discussed that before. The inverse of what he's talking about is what you're pointing out. That is exactly true. It should be equitable if it's going to be done. Uh, I mean, I'm still not convinced that we couldn't cut our way out of this, but it looks like everybody is hell-bent on trying to find new taxes. We're saying... You, what what you're proposing, 90% on the tax uh, of the top people with $30,000 a year people make it, paying no tax is just as bad as what they are proposing, Brad? Well, yeah, that's, that's, that's the rebuttal that you get sometimes when you talk about a flat tax. People say, well, you just want to tax the top 40%. No, a flat tax would extend to all Alaskans, including the lowest the lowest 20%. All it is is an equal percentage on all Alaskans. Top the 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 top to to, to raise revenue to raise 1.6 billion in revenue, for example, which is the full uh, the full uh, the full uh, shortfall, the full gap, would be a 6.4 percent tax on AGI on the top 20 percent. It would be a 6.4 percent tax on the on the lowest 20 percent. It would take an equal percent from all Alaskans. What the, what the Senate is proposing through PFD cuts is a 2.8% tax on the top 20% and a 30, 36% tax on the bottom 20%, wholly disequal, wholly uh, regressive. So when people say, oh, my God, you know, you can't talk about a, an income tax, that just hits the top, the, the top 40% or the top 20% or whatever percent they want to create, that's just wrong. You're just wrong, folks. If that's, yep. what, if that's what you think we're talking about, we're talking about a tax that takes the same percent from all Alaskans. What the Senate wants, what those who want to cut the PFD is, do is take a tax largely on the backs of middle and lower income Alaska families. Right. And, and that's the problem. I mean, you know, a progressive income tax has exactly the same problem. It disproportionately affects on a percentage basis those in the upper income while leaving out those in the lowest income. It's the same kind of problem. That's why if you have to tax, if we must tax, and by God, that seems where they are just hell-bent on going, then a flat tax on adjusted gross income is the only one that's equitable because everybody pays the same percentage of their income, period. Um, but, you know, it's just become such a, uh, such a, 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 a battle over how we're going to kill each other. We're all going to die how would you like to, you know, we're going to, we're now we're going to battle it out over how we're going to kill each other. It just, it makes no sense whatsoever. 
And and the other thing about a flat tax, Michael, that I think is hugely important is it gives all Alaskans the same skin in the game in reducing spending. I mean, the top 20% who now really don't care because, frankly, they pay less than 3%. They lose less than 3% of their income, uh, and that's an average top 20% family, loses less than 3% of their income through uh, through a PFD cuts. They don't really care. They're okay with 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 maintaining spending to K through 12 and the university and the healthcare industry um, uh, because we don't pay that much of it. And 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 what a flat tax does is it puts it puts a burden on everybody the same. So a top 20% family says, "Hey, we got to pay over six percent, nearly seven percent of our income to sub to to keep government going at the same size." Oh heck no! We've got to get government spending down. It creates an incentive across all income classes, the same incentive across all Alaskans to find a way to get to get spending down. As long as we're tilting it one way or the other, as long as we're tilting it through a PFD cut or a regressive tax against middle and lower income Alaskans, but letting upper income Alaskans off the hook, or a progressive income tax, which, as you just said, would do the reverse, as long as we're tilting it, there's going to be some class that says, hey, continue spending doesn't really bother us. Right. Only if we get it equally distributed across all Alaskans are we actually going to find a way are we actually going to find the balance between what we want, which is spending, and what we're willing to pay for, which is which is the revenue side? I got about a minute. Do you want to comment on uh, Bert Stedman's plan to do a multi-year step <laughs> approach in less than a minute? I've, I've, I've heard this multi-year approach every year since 2012, since Charlie Huggins was the president of the Senate, called me into his office and said, we're going to step this down over the next three years. You know what happened? We stepped it up right. <laughs> one of those years yeah. And, yeah. And, never, and never stepped it down again. Uh, multi-year plans don't work. Confront the issue. Get the, get the, 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 the balance right. Uh, create incentives to get spending down, uh, and, then, and then we'll get it down. Saying we're going to step it down on the backs of somebody, which is the Stedman plan, we're going to step it down on the backs of middle and lower income Alaska families, just doesn't work because there's never an incentive on the top 20% to make those cuts. Yep, absolutely. All right, we're back now with Brad Keithley, Alaska's for Sustainable Budgets, as we continue ahead with his weekly top three, although I have a feeling we're going to be into, well, it'll be top three, maybe not the three that he intended since we started off with the Win Gruning article. Uh, let's uh, jump back in. Number one is pretty much in the can, I think. Let's talk a little bit uh, about number two, Brad, which is uh, your discussion on the the base, uh, talking about the the tax policy 101. Give us the lesson. All right, so so we need to do a little tax policy 101 here, which is which is where some of these problems are coming up. Tax policy 101 is you look for the broadest possible base, the broadest possible divisor. Uh, when you're uh, when you're developing new taxes, in order to spread the 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 tax over over as many as much dollars as you can, which results in the lowest possible percentage. So, for example, if if you are trying to to recover one dollar, if you're trying to generate one dollar of revenue, and the tax base you're using is is one that has ten dollars in it. Uh, then the tax rate you're going to have to use to raise that one dollar is ten percent. Ten percent on the ten dollars will give you will give you your one dollar. If on the other hand you have you you use a tax base that that has a hundred dollars in it, uh, and you're trying to generate that one dollar, the tax rate's going to be one percent. Uh, one percent on the hundred dollars will generate the dollar. So 
you want to look for a tax base that is the broadest possible base that reduces the tax rate down as far as you can. Lots of benefits about that. One is you're hitting people at a, at a it, the broader the base, the lower the rate, the less you're taking uh, from any given person, the less impact you're having on that person. That translates, frankly, into the lowest impact on the economy because the less you take away from people, the more they have remaining to spend in the economy themselves, the more they help uphold the economy, the more the less it's redirected, the economy's redirected through government choice. Um, and so and so broad a broadest possible base is the best possible base, both in terms of impact on individuals as well as impact on the economy overall. So with that in mind, I took a look and, and this is up uh, a couple of days ago, we put up a, a study of this on the on the website. We looked at what the base was of various of the options that, that people were talking about. The, the smallest base of any of the options that, that people are talking about, and these are the, the, what we're talking about are PFD cuts, sales taxes, income taxes, flat taxes. The, the, the smallest possible base is using the PFD cut or is using the PFD. The PFD is a, has a revenue base of about a billion nine dollars, a billion nine hundred million dollars. So if you're trying to raise a billion six um, uh, or a billion three, which is what Senator Von Imhoff is talking about, you have to take at a billion six, you have to take 85 percent of that of that tax tax base. You have to tax it at a rate of 85 percent in order to raise the billion six or at a billion three. You have to tax 70 percent of that billion nine tax base. The next smallest base is is the federal income tax base. Some people talk about using a progressive income tax uh, in Alaska based on the federal tax, essentially having a surcharge on federal tax uh, in order to in order to raise uh, state level income. That base is only about three point seven billion dollars. So again, if you wanted to raise a billion six off of that base, if you wanted to use a percent of the federal income tax to raise state revenues, to raise a billion six state revenues. The, the, the state surcharge would have to be nearly 45% of your federal income tax rate in order to raise that 1.6 billion. A very high number, not as high as the PFD number, which is 85%, but still a very high number. And at, and at, what, at a billion three, you'd have to tax the federal, in, you'd have to, the surcharge on the federal income tax would have to be about 35% in order to raise a billion three. So again, a very narrow base. Once you get past those two, the base starts the base starts broadening out. The flat uh, tax rate, the flat tax that ICERS talked about, which is based upon federal taxable income, has a base of about $19.8 billion. So the tax rate on that to raise the $1.6 billion would only have to be 8%. Uh, it would only have to be 6% to raise $1.3 billion. Sales taxes have a have a have a somewhat uh, middle uh, base uh, between those two, a 4% sales tax with more exclusions, excluding food and, and groceries and that, or groceries and, and some other things, would have a tax base of about $9 billion. The tax rate, the sales tax rate on that tax base to raise $1.6 billion would have to be about 18%. On a, on a 3%, on a, on a, on a ta sales tax that has less exclusions, doesn't exclude food, would include food and other items. Um, the tax base is about $14 billion, 
And so the, ta the sales tax rate would be 11% to raise a billion six. All of this, though, pales by comparison to what the tax base would be for a flat rate income tax based upon AGI. And that's $25 billion. So keep in mind, the tax base for a PFD, for, the, for, for using the PFD, is only a billion nine. You have to have to tax that at 84% to raise 1.6 billion. The tax base on, for progressive income tax based upon federal income tax is only 3.7 billion. You'd have to have a 43.7% rate to raise 1.6 billion. Um, on a sales tax, you'd have to have a, 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 a broad-based sales tax. You'd have to have a tax rate of 11%. But on a flat income tax based, a flat rate income tax based upon percent of federal income, you have a tax base of $25 billion, um, um, 12 and a half times what you've got for the PFD, six times what you've got for the progressive income tax. The result of that is that the tax rate you would have to assess, the impact per family, the impact per taxpayer, you would have to assess using that approach is much, much less. Instead of the 84% that you have to tax the PFD in order to get a 1.6 billion or the 43% you'd have to tax the federal tax base in order to generate 1.6 billion. You only have to tax uh, 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 AGI, you only have to tax on a, on a flat rate basis, 6.4% to raise 1.6 billion. And, and to raise 1.3 billion, it's down, <clears throat> it's down a percent from that, it's 5.2% billion or 5.2%. So, the tax base, when you talk about taxes and you talk about tax policy, the tax base is extremely important. There's a song that keeps running through my head whenever I, whenever <laughs> I think or talks about, talk about this issue. It's an old pop song that says it's all about the base. Um, and, and, and the base that they mean in that song is bases in bass guitar or, or double bass, stand-up bass. Um, it's all about the base. But it's the same thing. With tax policy, it's all about the base. Find the broadest possible base you can uh, and then tax off that because the impact per individual is going to be is going to be much, 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 much lower. That's why I, I continue to say that if we're going to have to go down this road of raising new revenue, the best possible approach is a flat rate income tax because it results in the lowest contribution level per family unit. Now, PFD cuts result in a much lower uh, income because of the way PFD cuts run uh, on a head on a head basis, on a regressive basis. They're much lower. PFD cuts are much lower for the top 20 percent, but they're much bigger, uh, much larger for for the remaining 80 percent. For example, right. um, uh, a, uh, uh, in in the upper middle income bracket, 60 to 80 percent income bracket, you have to get a tax rate of 7.4 percent to raise 1.6 billion using PFD cuts, 12% on the middle 20%, 20% tax rate on the on the on the lower middle, um, and then a 36% tax rate on the lowest 20% yeah. in order to raise it. <laughs> well, and and this leads us to a whole nother discussion about philosophies and things like that, which we're gonna have to share for another time. Brad Keithley, Alaskans for Sustainable Budget. Tax 101, it's a good education. Hopefully you follow his page on Facebook so that you can uh, follow along with this Alaskans for Sustainable Budget. And Brad, this really kind of comes back right to what I was saying, a difference in philosophy. We've got those who are more on the left side of the aisle who are 
wanting to kind of stick it to the rich in a lot of ways to those who have made it. And they're pushing that progressive income tax because they know it takes more from them uh, in, in when it's all said and done. And on the right, you've got people who I don't know as they necessarily want to stick it to the poor, but they also want to protect what they have. So this is their attempt to do that in the same way. So you've got these dueling philosophies. My, Michael, it's not even people on the right. I mean, it's it it is truly the top twenty percent, the the people that are that are trying to that are pushing for the PFD cut are people that are saying to themselves, "Hey, if we can pull this off, boy, aren't we geniuses? Because we get we end up paying less than three percent. It's like the cost of a Starbucks a day uh, to us to uh, uh, to pull this off, and we and we push it to the middle and lower income. I think." I think pe- people who have thought through this issue on the right, uh, frankly, are are flat tax people. They're people who see the benefits of having the lowest possible rate benefits both on the individual family uh, and as well as benefits on the overall economy of having the lowest possible rate. So I don't I don't think this is a right or left issue. I think this is a class issue, and I and I think I think the people that are pushing these PFD cuts when you look at the Senate. Uh, and you look at the House, you are, are largely people who are in the top 20% who are trying to say, yeah, by God, we need to continue to fund these things, but I don't want to fund it. Don't look to me. Right. Let's push, <laughs> let's push it off on middle and lower income Alaska families. Yeah. It's a, cl- it's a class thing. It's not a, it's not a right and left thing. Uh, Paul, I think, in the chat room also sums it up. He says, the whole thing doesn't matter, Brad, because even with the flat tax, the PFD is hanging out there as fresh meat. These clowns will still spend the flat tax revenue, then come right back for the PFD. Uh, the legislature needs to be back on the road, needs less union influence, and there needs to be a hard ad campaign telling the working stiffs who the legislature is listening to. It's not us working stiffs for sure. And and my response to that is the best way to, to the best way to get spending down to get these guys to get to get the legislature in control is through a flat tax, which which results in all Alaskans having the same impact, feeling the same impact from government spending. I mean, it's going to be a different thing. Natasha von Imhoff is going to be a different person if we tax her at the same rate that we're taxing the lowest 20%. It's going to be a material impact on her to pay a flat tax. And what's her reaction going to be? The first reaction might be, well, let's, let's try to go back to PFD cuts. But the second reaction is going to be, let's get spending down as long as she doesn't have to pay for it. As long as she can slide this obligation off on middle and lower income Alaska families through PFD cuts, she's not going to be looking for spending cuts. If we get her family in the game in the, at the same level, we've got lower income, middle and lower income Alaska families in the game, she will become an advocate for getting spending down. That's that's the big benefit of going to a flat tax. Well, and ironically, of course, this is what Hammond talked about. I mean, Hammond talked specifically about this issue that basically said, you want to get people involved, you hit them in their pocketbooks with a tax um, that puts skin in the game for them, and they will hold the size and scope of government back. Uh, And uh, unfortunately... We have become so anti-tax, and not that I'm for taxes, don't get me wrong, but we have become so disconnected in this state from the cost of government, that's what's allowed it to balloon up over the last 10 years to the point where it is today. 
Exactly right. And now we're falling for the top 20%. Oh, PFD cunts aren't a tax. They're just a reduction on government benefit. They aren't a tax. Well, tell that to middle and lower income Alaska families that are going to they're going to have an ex, in excess of 10% of their of their family revenue being cut. That is a tax. And and you you can't walk around saying, "Oh, we don't want taxes. We just want PFD cuts." That's you're 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 just buying the top 20% line. Uh, hook, line, and sinker. PFD cuts are a tax. Right. Look at the impact impact on upper middle, even upper middle, lower uh, middle, lower middle, and lower income Alaska families. They are a tax. The only one that pushes that line is the top twenty percent because they don't want to pay and they're trying to push it off on somebody else. That's pretty much the bottom line. Uh, and this whole idea, as much as I have admired Bert Stedman's. Um, handling of the Senate Finance Committee this year, because I think he's been, amongst all those people, one of the few voices of reason in there. This idea that he says, I'm not interested in putting people out of work and out of their homes in regards to state employees. You cannot not make a decision. Not making a decision continues the taxation on the PFD, which, again, has the largest adverse impact to Alaskan families and the economy. Uh, it's going to be, you know, somebody's going to lose their job. You are now choosing winners and losers, and you are continually and consistently choosing government workers over private sector workers uh, and have been for the last four years. And you're choosing the top 20% over the remaining 80%. PFD cuts have the largest impact in terms of employment loss of any of the new revenue options. The only reason that it's being pushed is because it doesn't affect the top 20%. But if you're worried about jobs, Alaska jobs, PFD cut of all the new revenue options, PFD cuts are the worst. So what Bert is saying, I mean, essentially when you, what Natasha is saying, essentially when you push PFD cuts is I'm worried about government workers first, and then I'm worried about the top 20% second and the remaining 80% of Alaskans. Yeah, you're on your own. Good luck. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on board and joining us today. As always, it's a pleasure uh, to, to speak with you and, and have these discussions. Mike, Michael, thanks for having me on. All right. Thank you. so. Much. Well, that's a wrap for another week's edition of the weekly top three from Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets. Thank you again for joining us. Remember that you can find past episodes on our YouTube and SoundCloud pages and keep track of us during the week on Facebook and Twitter. This has been Brad Keithley, Managing Director of Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets. We look forward to you joining us again next week on the Weekly Top 3.